The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And what matters to me? Wow. Okay, I'll tell you what. You know, many times, um, you know, when I, you know, address this topic about what matters to me, it's not just me, but I think it's something that that I'd like to think that other people share an interest in knowing uh, some information and some relevant information. So it matters not only to me, but it matters to others. But uh, I'm sure some of you and a lot of you out there uh, listening to Voice America Sports, uh, you loyal listeners, I certainly appreciate it. But I'm sure you're familiar with there's a lawsuit that's going on, several lawsuits, always lawsuits going on. Uh, but one of them has to deal with college athletes, former college athletes, and even future college athletes. And I don't want to get too far and go into that. But what I would like to say is what's important to me is and, and listen, I, I have nothing against Nick Saban. I, I, in fact, I, I have a great affinity for the man. You know, the man helped teach me to the point where I, my skill set was such that I got a chance to play pro football. Uh, but what I, what I am a little bit concerned about is this is a man, but this is a man who advocates. This is what I like about Nick advocates for players. He wants the system to change. But this is a man who's through, I think, 2022, you know, eight years. This man can make $55 million. You know, that's, that's a lot of money to coach amateurs. That's a lot of money. So I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy that he advocates for players to get better benefits, including financial benefits. Uh, but that matters to me because that's something that you need to know. And why do you need to know? Why is that important for me to say that? Because my time to play the game is over with. All I can do is try to help make it better for those who are going to play the next generation of football. And those who are on the college campuses now, there's some things they can do, but they're concerned about retaliation. They're concerned about losing their scholarship. They're, they're, they're concerned about making the team, starting they want to go to the. They want to go to pro football, so they don't want to rock the boat. And so I just thought I would share with you folks out there to understand that, you know, what other sport is there out there where people coach amateurs and get paid five, six million dollars a year? It just does. It's common sense would say that that doesn't make sense. 
And so don't get upset with players because players are simply saying there's something wrong with that. Go to a mighty might field. Go to a high school field. Go anyplace else where you have true amateur sports in the definition of it. And you'll find out the coaches aren't getting paid that kind of money. That's just justification that you, you need to enhance the athletes. Cost of attendance, you know, spending money, disposable income, whatever you want to call it. Just come on, God. Don't, don't, we're not stupid. Okay, so let's, let's go. But that's what matters to me. It matters to me that Nick Saban, $55 million possibly through 2022 if he continues to coach that long. Um, certainly something else that matters to me that I, I, I want to talk about today. And, I've, you know, if you're out there you want to give me a call, please do. 888-346-9144. Again, 888-346-9144. And here's what I want to talk about today a little bit. I, I, it's just, this is my opinion. This is Rayella Sports on the Voice America Network. But I have an opportunity to do my show to give it to you from my perspective, based upon, you know, my experience, my resources that I have, you know, the sources that different people have. I got sources, too. And I just this this whole thing with with Donald Sterling in particular with Mark Cuban. Now, I'm not so sure that Mark Cuban hasn't taken himself to a place where now people have started looking at him and concerned about. What type of individual is he? And at the same time, he could get to the point now where he perhaps may be on the stance that he's taken. He could be jeopardizing the value of the brand so much so that some other people might want to say, hey, Mark, you know, ease up a bit. Because now you're threatening the value of the brand by some of the statements that you're making, because it almost shows as if you're trying to defend someone that we've already agreed is in the wrong. And this is a country club type of, you know, constitution that they have within the organization that, that they govern the membership by. This is a country club. You know, a country club is it's a, it's private. And because it's private, you know, you, 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 you have your bylaws to the country club, which you're governed by, because that's a private kind of organization. They don't, they don't get government funds. You know, so taxpayers' dollars don't go to work. But, but, but see, that's where the slippery slope is for Mark, where I think he needs to stop and think about. Because if I'm not mistaken, these huge arenas that are built across the country are built with public dollars. And because they're, they're built with public dollars, then you, you do have an obligation to the public. And, and therefore... You know, it may be a situation whereas you could be crossing that line where you think you're private. Certain parts of your business may be private, but when you get the assistance of taxpayers, in other words, taxpayers are taking tax dollars. They're voting to build new arenas. Those new arenas are played in by NBA teams. Those are tax dollars that are building a place for you to play your games at. You also, I think, through antitrust laws, I'm sure, um, you know, I think it's the Sherman Act. Maybe I got it wrong, but, but check out the Sherman Act. You know, you, you got these privileges as it comes to your broadcasting and the competition amongst the organizations. I'm getting a little bit 
you know, I may get some things twisted here a little bit, but I'm throwing enough out there to be dangerous that somebody could look at it and think, start thinking about it. So, Mark, if, if, you, if, if it's dialogue that you're trying to start, I'm okay with that. I want everybody to be comfortable. We should all be comfortable. We live here in the United States of America. Our military goes other places to make those people comfortable. We certainly should be comfortable here. A little history lesson from Muhammad Ali. You know, he didn't want to go other places to make those people's lives comfortable when he wasn't comfortable in the United States of America. And so if Mark is trying to say, hey, you know, this man, is, he's older, he's a little uncomfortable. We want to make it comfortable, so we need to start some dialogue. That, that's okay. All right. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. Because there's a different generation of young people that are coming, that have come into this world. And they want to live their lives comfortably. They want to trust each other. They, they want more diversity in every single thing they do. Any the old bullshit, we can say that. They don't want to deal with that anymore. So, you know, sports is, sports is kind of pure. In a sense, particularly once the game is gone and it started. We don't have time to stop and think what color somebody is. It's what color uniform they have on. And the uniform is where we draw the line as to if we love you or we hate you. Besides that, we don't care. That's it. The, the color we're looking at is the uniform. Some has dark, some has light. That's home and away. Dark and light. That's what it's about. So if there's some dialogue... That's going to get us to a place where we're a little bit more comfortable. I'm okay with that, Mark. But, but Mark, you're teetering the line where people think, hold on, man. What are you trying to say here? You're going to stand up against the other 29 owners by yourself to vote? No. And I don't think there's going to be a vote because I think there's about, there may have been a sale already. I may not have just, I need to look it up. Uh, somebody look that up and let me know if, there's, if, the, if, the, if the sale has been finalized. Uh, but certainly uh, the sale was going to happen, already have a buyer. So uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about that just because for a simple reason. Listen, and, and don't, don't let Mark Cuban be the voice of the NBA. He's probably the youngest owner. And don't put him out front to serve an agenda that maybe the rest of you owners have. Because I don't believe that's what you're doing. I don't believe that's what's being done. In fact, I've heard there's some people who said that some people want him to shut up. And then also I got to say this. This man Sterling, we may think, you know, he's, he's losing his rocker a little bit. He may be off his rocker. I, in fact, I know he is. Somebody put a little something in his, in his coffee or his tea or whatever he was, was drinking. But in terms of a strategy, I can't think of anybody who has been able to come up with a strategy that could accelerate the value of your product like he did overnight. Overnight. Now, I'm not going to say it was, a, it was a strategy. Maybe it was. You know, maybe him and his girlfriend his, and his wife and everybody. You know, I, I doubt that. The way it played out, I doubt that. But the reality of it is, this is a man who, when you think about it, it's kind of funny. This is a man who, you know, showed his true colors. Let's say, you know, he was just a closet racist. It came out the closet. It was known to the world. He got fined two and a half million dollars and was told he had to sell his team. His team sold for two billion. 
Hell, I wish I could say something to somebody about somebody that I could get $2 billion. What, what, what could I say? Maybe I could say something about, of course, this is, a, this is my show, but this is Voice America's company. Maybe I could say something about Voice America that they, that they would kick me out and give me $2 billion and I, I, my show would sell for $2 billion. Can you believe that? He got fined $2.5 million, but his team is going to sell for $12 billion. And he bought it for $12 million, and he's arguing and fighting that he doesn't want to let go and kicking and screaming on his way out the door? Really? That's why we know mentally he's got some challenges. Because I wouldn't be kicking and screaming my way out the door at all. I'd be, I'd be like, what do I sign? You know, $2 billion. He never, he could, well, his lifetime like, probably not going to be that long. Who knows? Mine could be shorter than his. He may last on this earth longer than I do, but certainly, um, you see what I'm saying? Where I'm going with this thing is, is that here is something that was so negative that this man did a practice of discriminating against minorities through his lifetime of, uh, as, a, as a business owner. It's been proven. He's been in court, sued. Some he won, some he settled out of court. Uh, it's been proven he has a track record of being a bigot, being a racist. And here's a man now who owns an NBA team, and now it's been revealed to the public. Somebody decided to take it the next step further, and the NBA decided to get rid of him. You're tarnishing our brand. You're devaluing this product by you being a part of it. You got sponsors who, who want you to drape their sponsorship inside the arena. No, we can't do that. You have to go. Two billion dollars. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying, really, do, do, are we really punishing him? Really? We're punishing him? Two billion dollars. But that just, again, this is, this is basketball. This is business. This is huge business. This is sports. This is recession proof. I just want people to understand this. This is this is not something of which should not be taken lightly. I think women and minorities should take Mark Cuban up on that conversation for dialogue. They should want to get involved in that business where one team is worth two billion dollars. How do they get more involved? How do you get more mothers? Everyone who's ball players has a mother. How do you get more women? You're, how many women on basketball teams, football teams, hockey teams, baseball teams? Get more women involved. How many minorities? Get more minorities involved. If Cuban wants to start that dialogue and wants to bring diversity to the entire organization, then do that. Let's do that. But keep the best product in the world on the court. And that's what I'm going to talk about in a minute. The best product in the world in basketball is going to start playing on Thursday night. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. We'll be right back after this break. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by The Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in The Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You hear the music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'll tell you what, I told you what matters to me the fact that Nick Saban is possibly going to make $55 million and in grand total uh, through the year 2022, uh, and somewhere in the neighborhood of about six plus on the high side of the six million a year um, average. And uh, I'm a Nick Saban fan. I'm a Nick Saban fan because Nick has always looked out for his players. He's had the best interests of his players. Um, he's a tough man. He's a no-nonsense type of guy. Uh, you definitely could be a successful athlete being up under the tutelage of Nick Saban if you're as committed to the sport as Nick is. Uh, that's why he's uh, he's approaching some historical numbers. I don't think there's ever been a uh, college amateur coach uh, that makes the kind of money that he is. The man certainly is worth every penny. Uh, I'm sure any of, anybody who ever played for him, anybody who ever knows him will tell you that. All right, uh, so let's, let's move on. Boy, I, I told you what's important also for me to talk about in this segment is the best basketball product in the world and that is the NBA, the National Basketball Association and we're about to start another championship series, uh, the East against the West. And, of course, we've got, you know, historically, uh, you, you see when they have these championship series, there's a chance that you will see dynasties go up against each other. And there's no doubt that there is one established dynasty that is going to be playing against another proposed dynasty to yet to be named but of course we know it's the Miami Heat but have they been named a dynasty and and of course some people want to say that LeBron James I think his is going to be his um this will be a three-peat for him but it would be four times but he would have been five times uh in the NBA championship series of course that first one with Cleveland but it's really interesting that there's so much hatred out there in terms of how this Miami team was assembled. And, and I, I really don't get why people have a problem with, you know, how the team got assembled because 
that's just part of the business. You know, part of the business, if you have players out there that are, that are seriously interested in playing the game to win championships, what they want to do is players are looking at themselves personally and then they're assessing other teams to see what value they would bring to that team. But then also they want to see what value does that team bring to them from a legacy perspective. Am I going to go to this team and am I going to win? Are we going to win? Or am I going to go to this team and just, you know, go there and, and I'll be a standout and I'll make a lot of money? But historically, from that perspective, this team won't even be mentioned. And so what you got to think about somebody is, you know, part of being a great athlete is being a team player. And you want to play on a team and you want to make that team better. And you want the team to make you better. So I, I really don't see a problem. And I, I think those people who, who don't like it, I, I don't think they really understand the whole concept of team. And the fact of the matter is, as a professional, one thing that you certainly want to do is you, you have respect for another professional athlete's talent. And you recognize that. And if you ever had the chance to be a part of that talent, if you were a general manager and you were putting a team together, you would not run away from that talent and say that a po if I want to win, instead of me being having that talent on my side, I want to play against that talent. No, if, you're, if, you're, if, if your goal is to assemble the best team you possibly could assemble and to create a legacy of which you then are talked about, about with some of the greatest teams that ever existed, then okay. Then do what you can do to make that happen. Owners try to do it. General managers try to do it. Coaches try to do it. When they sit down, they strategically try to come up with a plan to improve their team. When you draft, the higher pick you have in the draft, you try to pick the best player on the board. The best player that, in terms of what your team needs. Get the best player on the board, and hopefully that's what your team needs. And if it's not what your team needs, you'll find a way to play with your team as it is, and it'll make it better. So I have no problem. I have no problem whatsoever with LeBron James or whoever else out there decides to go to another team because they say, you know what I want to do? I want to win. What team is going to give me the best chance to win? If it's my team that I'm currently on, then I will stay here. But if it's not this team that I'm currently on and I'm a free agent, I'm going to try to do what I can to go someplace else. See, when you're on the team and you have a contract, you're held to that contract and you, you can't leave unless you're traded, then you're dependent on the owners of the team to then try to build the best team. If you've been on that team for a number of years and you left it up to the owners to build the team and they haven't given you what you need to succeed, then you then have an option when your contract is up because you're free to choose where to go. Then you choose and it lets people know your basketball IQ or your sports IQ where you would best fit that you can go and contribute to a team and make them a better team. That's all Chris Bosh did. That's all LeBron James did. 
That's all Pat Riley did. Is Pat Riley realized that, you know what, if I get those two guys on this team to help LeBron, they could win a championship. I'm sorry, to help D-Wade. They could win a championship. And so it's, it, that's what it's really all about. It's, it's about trying to win a championship. That's really, which when, you're, when you're playing, you want to make as much money as you possibly can, and you want to win a championship. There's nothing wrong with being selfish, meaning you want to win a championship, as well as meaning that you want to get as much money as you possibly can. Because when it's all over and said and done, you get your little gas money, your pension checks, that's it. So I, I truly, 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 I have no problem with LeBron James making that decision. And we can go to commercial break on, on your cue whenever you give it to me. But I, I have no problem with LeBron James going to Miami. That's a decision he made, and it's a damn good decision. Because you know what now? He's got a chance to make history. Three-peat. Three-peat. It was so good that Pat Riley patented it because he knew how, how, how unique and, and how, you know, when you really think about it, not just the uniqueness. I wouldn't say it's uniqueness, but let's just say the law of averages will state that, you know what? There's very few chances this will ever happen again. It's been 20-something years, if not 30-something years, since it happened before. It happened prior to LeBron being in this position where, hey, we can three-peat. So I'm really happy for him. And when I say that I'm happy for him, I really mean that. Because I think this is a young man who, when it comes to his legacy, and it's not a selfish agenda, it's that he has a talent that he was given he appreciates that talent. He doesn't cheat the fans out of that talent. It's not like he comes to games half prepared. It's not like he's inconsistent. When you show up one night, you might see LeBron do this, and next night he might not even, you know, it's like he didn't even care about the game. That's not LeBron James. He's tuned in 100% all the time. He gives you his best all the time. And so, therefore, that's, that's what you want. That's what you, when you pay for your ticket, to see LeBron James, you're going to get your money's worth. Now, if you like LeBron James and you like the Miami Heat, you're going to be a happy camper. If you don't like LeBron James and you came to see your team beat LeBron James, you're going to be disappointed majority of the time. But you're going to see a talent worth the price of the ticket. That's, what, that's more than anything else. You know, when we go to the movies, we hate when we pay to go see a movie and it's not worth the price of the ticket. You know, when we go see a concert, we hate to go see a concert and it ain't worth the price of the ticket. You know, when we go to a fight, we hate when they do. Well, Mike Tyson used to knock dudes out in the first round. We were OK with that because that's what we expected. But when LeBron James steps on the court, you expect to see the greatest basketball player on the planet. And you don't want to be disappointed. And guess what? You are not you will not, and you can believe, when you leave there, you will be telling people, I paid for that ticket. It was quite expensive. But I now can say that, at least in this generation, I just witnessed 
one of the greatest basketball players of all time, certainly the greatest basketball player on the planet today. I just saw him play a great basketball game. They may win, they may lose, but LeBron's going to give you his money's worth every time. So I'm going to take this break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little bit again. I'm going to keep talking about the best basketball product in the world. NBA championship will be on TV Ah, Thursday night. I'll be right there in front. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll take a break, and we'll come right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You know the show, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Of course, what matters to me is I want to let everybody know Nick Saban will be making upwards of about six-something million dollars. I am happy for the man. Uh, the man is an advocate for players, student-athletes. He feels that just as he's been compensated well, he feels that they should be, uh, their compensation for what they provide should be increased. And so for him, I'm happy. And for his stance for, you know, improvement for players' compensation, um, I'm happy he takes that stance, too. I also, uh, before we went to break, was uh, letting you all know, just in case, there is, you know, sometimes in life we're not, we're not sure we're going to be the, the best of anything or see the best of anything of all times. But there is an opportunity now with this young man, LeBron James, who's a basketball player, of course, playing for the Miami Heat, took his talents to Miami, uh, and uh, not once, not twice, uh, but going on three times, uh, trying to deliver that championship. Uh, well, actually going on four times, but trying to deliver the third championship for the Miami Heat. And uh, he is worth the price of the ticket. I wanted to emphasize that. Uh, it's worth it. It's one of those things. It'll be if you just do it once in life, uh, you'll have something to talk about of which uh, you will say, you know, it was money well spent because you'll remember it because he will deliver. Now, let, let's talk a little bit, if you will. About the Miami Heat, and before, just real quick, uh, you know, I understand that I think uh, uh, Phil Jackson was fined about $25,000 for tampering, I think, perhaps maybe prematurely uh, having the opportunity to talk to 
uh, Derek Fisher. Uh, you know, that's really interesting. Derek Fisher, no doubt about it, a fine young man, bright young man, knows basketball, uh, just stepped off the court in terms of, and you could see when, 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 of course, he realized the fact that they were not going on to the championship series. Uh, he, he was trying to just be in that moment, but he was stuck. He didn't know if, do I acknowledge this as my last time on the basketball court as a player? Or do I just, you know, sit here and absorb the fact that we lost? And and do I then, uh, you know, gain this as incentive because I don't like this feeling right now that I'm feeling, but I, I want to stay in this moment. So it, it, it will be, uh, certainly it'll be fuel for my preparation for next year. So he was stuck. He didn't know, uh, uh, do, I, do I enjoy the moment as my last moment? Or is this fuel for the fire to get us motivated for next year? And while he was in that moment, or certainly shortly after those moments, I guess there must have been a conversation between him and Phil Jackson that was inappropriate, uh, not well-timed, and it cost them $25,000. But again, it's, you know, I'm sure there's some coaches out there. You know, coaches and players, sometimes they agree and then they disagree. I'm sure there's some coaches out there that feel as if, you know, they're, Derek Fisher, I mean, Derek just—he was—he's a player. He doesn't have any coaching experience, R- really. Are you telling me that you think Derek Fisher is a better basketball coach than I am? What about at the college level? That again, that just—that says something about the pool of coaches that are out there, as it pertains to a man who's one of the greatest coaches of all time. But I think he's stumbling now. As a man in charge of basketball operations, maybe even general manager's title, but he's, he's struggling now to find the right person for, for the job for the, for the New York Knicks. And, and so um, I, I'm, I'm not real happy about that because I, I like to see Phil, after all, New York's, I think, his home. I like to see him be, you know, successful uh, because, you know, Phil is, he's a part of the resurgence of, of professional basketball, of the NBA. You know, he and, and Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman and um, B.J. Armstrong, you know, those, those guys, you know, they put, the, you know, they put together a damn good team. And certainly it's one of those things where you got to think about the fact that they kind of, along with Bird and Magic, you know, they saved basketball. Dr. J, they saved Moses Malone, Mochi, they saved basketball. And, and they just took things to an, another level. And one day I'm going to do a show about the 80s because I, I, I really do think that that was a generation that really turned professional sports into in the, the superstar, the entertainment type of stratosphere that, it, that, it, that it, res, it resides in at this moment. It started. The switch was ignited. The car was ignited. We turned the switch in the 80s. And just took, you know, late 70s, early 80s, late 70s in college. And then we came on to the horizon in the 80s. And we just, that generation of athletes, I'm just going to say, just took things to a whole nother level. As a matter of fact, some of the things that you hear now, some of the things that you hear about now in terms of, you know, lawsuits, um, collective bargain agreements, those type of things, a lot of that behind the scenes the brain trust of those actions uh, 
are from a generation from the 70s and the 80s. That, that's a generation of people that they came into the scene. They understood that, hold on, this, wait, you're telling me what? We're professional athletes and, and this is what professional ball is about? They pushed the envelope. They changed. They required them to be celebrities. They, they required them to be, you know, superstars. They, they, they wanted the, 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 the stars. They wanted the lights. They wanted the bright lights. They wanted all that stuff. And they changed it, and that, that was just a time where, you know, a lot of people wanted that. It wasn't just the athletes that wanted that. It was the people that was paying the money for the ticket. It's like, if, if I'm going to go to a, a ball game, you know, I want to go, I want to be entertained. It was entertainment. Think about when you go to a, 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 a ball game. You're entertained the entire time you're there. They got music playing. They got, they got cheerleaders. They got, they got, uh, they got mascots. You know, they got fireworks. They got jets going over the top. Come on. <laughs> it's, it's big lights. It's on television. They put the camera on you. You feel like you're a movie star. You say, hi, mom. That's got to come back. I got to say that again. Hi, mom. I'll never forget the first time I got a chance to say hi, mom. Hi, mom. She's up there in heaven right now, but I'm just saying hi, mom. Hi, mom's got to come back. We're going to bring hi, mom back. So let me get back to where I was about this basketball championship just coming up. Greatest players. Two of the greatest players of all time will be playing in this game. And they're playing against each other. Tim Duncan and LeBron James. Now, when you think about it, already the dynasty of the San Antonio Spurs is written. You know, Ginobili, Parker, and Duncan. Those three have been together along with the coach. And um, they've, they've, won, they've won championships. They, they've, 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 they've won three, may have won four. Um, but certainly th that, that, that's a dynasty over there. Everybody recognizes that. Everybody recognizes Tim Duncan's one of the greatest players to ever play in the National Basketball. So no doubt about it. The only difference is LeBron James is being talked about as one of, no, as the greatest basketball player. The GOAT, the greatest of all time. That's the difference in the two. We know that Tim Duncan is one of the greatest basketball players that ever played. LeBron James is being in the discussion of the greatest to ever play. Michael Jordan, LeBron James, his name comes up in that conversation. Some people say Oscar Robinson is in that same conversation. Some people say that um, Will Chamberlain is in that conversation. Some people say Bill Russell's in that conversation. Some people say John Havlicek's in that conversation. Somebody say, some people say Larry Bird's in that conversation. But I tell you, who is in that conversation every time it comes up? Michael Jordan and LeBron James. That's why this is an interesting, this is a very, very interesting series to watch. One thing about LeBron James can do everything on the court. Tim Duncan cannot. Tim Duncan is somewhat handicapped. Tim Duncan is a, a four, maybe a five, four or five. He can play four or five. LeBron James can play every position on the basketball court. He can guard your center. He can guard your power forward. He can guard your small forward. He can guard your point guard. He can, he can, he can guard your shooting guard. He can, do, he can play defense. He can guard everybody on the court. And he can play every position from an offensive perspective on the court. So that's what makes him so unique. And he's a, his, the man is just, he's, he's, a, he's a linebacker. He is, he is Lawrence Taylor playing basketball. That's what he is. Lawrence Taylor playing basketball. 
and and he plays with the same type of aggression that Lawrence Taylor played linebacker. That's how, that's how LeBron plays basketball with that same aggression. And so you've got a man like that playing basketball. And again, I don't care who else is you know on the court with him, his teammates. I do care. But let's let's get over that part and let's talk about the, how they complement each other. You know, you you can you can have a night. Two people can have a great night. The third person needs to have a good night. We're in the championship series now. Two people, if you're going to win, two people have to have great nights. One person have to have a good night. Sometimes that one person in a good night might just be one shot. Steve Kerr, shout out to Steve Kerr. Steve's going to be good. You know, Steve was a part of that great team with Chicago Bulls up there, and Steve's going to get a job. He's going to be coaching out there. I think Steve's coaching the Clippers, as a matter of fact. And, and shout out to Steve, you know. But, but Steve was one of those good nights. Steve was a, had a good night for Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan passes the ball. He shoots a jump shot, wins the game. That, that, that's a good night. But then throughout the game, two people have to have great nights. So every night in this basketball championship series, whoever wins, there's going to be two people who are going to have great nights, and somebody's going to have a good night. On the, of course, on the Heat, you, those three people that you got, you got you talking about LeBron James, Chris Bosh. And D-Wade. Now, the thing about it, that's not all that can have a great night. Somebody else on that team could have a great night. And one of those three could just have a good night. Same thing on the other side. Ginobili. Yeah, you heard me. Ginobili. Ginobili. He could have a great night. Tim Duncan could have a great night. Tony Parker could have a good night. They could win. But the fact of the matter in basketball, you've got to have three Three people, three people have to contribute. And they have to contribute a lot in order for you to win a basketball game. You don't need, all five people don't have to have great games. All five people have to contribute. But two have to have great nights. One's got to have a good night. And that can get you through. And that's why this is so good because this may not be, this may not, this isn't, this isn't showtime against the Sixers. This isn't showtime against the Celtics. This isn't showtime against the Bulls. You know, and this isn't, this isn't Utah against the Bulls. This isn't, you know, this, this, is, this, is, this is this modern generation of dynasties. Will this dynasty matchup be like the old ones? Will it be against like the Celtics against the Lakers? Will it go down like that? This, after all, this is, this, is a, this is a repeat of the championship series of last year. Are we going to think about it the way we thought about the Celtics against the Lakers? Are we going to think about it like that? Are we going to think about like the, 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 the Bulls against the Pistons? I, I can't leave out the bad boys. Of course the bad boys are a legacy, a dynasty. You can't leave out the bad boys. But is this, is this series, in your mind, is this series going to go down like that? Is it one of those? Is it, is it reached that level where it will go down as some of the greatest rivals in championship series as ever? That, that's what I want to know. And we're going to take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about that. And then I got to talk a little bit too about my man, Dan the Man, Dan Marino, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I take him on my team, no doubt about it. Flip a coin, I don't care. I got Dan, I'm, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. I got Dan Marino, I'm good. Who we playing? I don't care. Let's go. I got Dan. But we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. I just lost my mind because I'm picturing Dan Marino throwing the ball at my direction. But I got it. I got it. 
All right, you listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Form or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, we're back. Here is the Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. What matters to me, my man. I'm going to call him my man. Certainly contributed to my life. I'm happy. I'm thankful. Nick Saban, get your money. Take care of your wife, Terry. That, that, that man's a good example, too. That man's been married to the same lady. Uh, it's got to be 30-something years for sure. They were married before I met him. Uh, hell, I've got 31 in myself. Uh, but a wonderful lady. I'm happy for them. Uh, he deserves everything he is about to get or is going to get in the future. Uh, but it just, it, it just it's appalling that someone that could think that a coach coaching amateur sports could be paid six and a half million dollars, six million dollars, and it still be identified as amateur sports. And we're going to treat those other players as such and they not be compensated. I think those things are going to change. And I'm, I'm happy that Nick is an advocate for changing things for better for players. And I just want to thank him for that. And as we go into those things the next few weeks uh, in California um, against the NC2A, uh, that some changes resolve, that the resolve does come about, uh, some changes are made, and I'm happy to work on behalf of future players. I just want they look back and they say, who was there working on our behalf trying to help us? Did you, when you had a chance to stand up to do something, to say something? Yes, I did. Uh, NFL players, you, you hear about the concussions and, and all that stuff. Well, now a man like Dan Marino stood up. And, and, and people are saying that, you know, now you got somebody. You know what? Jim McMahon's name is, you know, not a bad name. Eric Dickerson's name is not a bad name. Tony Dorsett's name is not a bad name. Those are all good names. Those are all good men. Those are all good people who basically, you know, being a part of the concussion lawsuit, uh, those, are, those are men that, you know, sometimes when you think about, you always say what you would have done. We're, hell, we're Monday morning quarterbacks. Everybody's got it right. Everybody get, if, you get, if you get wrong on Monday morning, you, you, you're, you're just terrible. You don't know anything about the game. 
So, you know, you want to talk about what you would have done back then, what you should have known, what you did. No, you, did, you didn't know crap. You didn't know crap and all they know what they were getting into. <laughs> so if you, if we know we's get, how do we know we were getting into? The doctors didn't even know from what they're telling us. I'm assuming that they didn't know some of the stuff themselves. But I, I just want to say that, you know, it, it has nothing to do about, you know, how much money a person has now, how much money a person had last week or in the future. And, 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 and this is another thing. That's all people. It, no, I'm not going to say it's all. I don't want to, you know, in totality, I can't just broad brush. But there are a number of people that feel that everybody, who, the people or a lot of the people are going to have, you know, because of their financial conditions or whatever it is. I don't care about the financial conditions. If somebody is entitled to something because they qualify, then they deserve it. If you don't qualify, you don't get it. That's the bottom line. If, if, if they qualify and it's been, and it's been written and, and agreed upon that they qualify, then they should get it. That's just what life is. You, you know, some things you earn the hard way. I'm sorry to say, but the concussion lawsuits, Dan Marino joined, Dan earned that the hard way. You don't get concussions from sitting on the sidelines. You don't get concussions from sitting home watching the games. <laughs> you got those concussions because he got his bell rung, as they say. Now, what I'd like to know is, because that's what they told us back in the day, you got your bell rung. What the hell is a bell? Where is it at? How do I know when it's ringing? How do I stop it from ringing? How big is it? Who put it in my head? Come on, man. <laughs> get his bell rung. He got knocked out. He got jacked up. And so you don't have to justify what court of law makes you prove. But they don't have to justify to the public as to why he joined this lawsuit. First of all, one thing is also going to bring about some education. You know, you tell people, I can tell you, I, I'll stand in a court of law. And when my um, doctor told me what my condition was and that she would not, she would not recommend that I play football. Ah, okay, fine, doc. Where do I sign? I'm not playing anymore. I'm done. Okay, fine. You know, I, I, I didn't want to be, I didn't want to risk the chance of perhaps maybe being crippled again, being crippled. I didn't want to take that chance. They told me how bad my neck was. Okay, that's okay. I don't want to do that again. And when you, when you think about it, here's where you can, here's where a lot of times you can tell. I, I, I want any kid who wants to play the sport, I want you to play it. But I don't want you to play it the way I played it. I don't want you to play it the way people who hit Dan Marino played it. I don't want you to play it the way people who hit, you know, Marcus Allen and, you know, and Tony Dorsett and, and Eric Dickerson and John Riggins and Jim Brown. And all. I don't want you to play football that way anymore. Tackle. Just grab them. Just wrap them up. Just throw them down on the ground. You know, it's just it's not worth it because sometimes you see people years later and you look at the effects of all that damage that was done to them. And that's not what you wanted to do to them. And that's not what you wanted them to do to you. You were playing a game. You were having fun. And so let's bring the, we can still have fun in this game. You just don't have to hit as hard. You can wrap them up and take them down to the ground. 
And before I get, I, I before I forget, I I, I want to give a shout out to my man, Randy Gatewood. I, I I haven't talked to Randy in a while, but Randy is an alum of Voice America. Of course, he was here doing the show with us for a number of years. Uh, but I saw Randy on the sidelines uh, of the Philadelphia Soul game, and just wanted to give a shout out to him because I'm always happy. Again, that word again, happy. I'm happy for people who have success. If our paths happen to cross and we can help each other out in any capacity whatsoever, man, I thank you. And so, Randy, you did help me out here because, you know, you, you, you brought something to this platform here at Voice America of which people was able to hear your perspective, somebody who played the game at the highest level and you were successful and then you bought that information here to this to this platform and now you've gone on to to, to bigger things and congratulations on ESPN what, what, man I'm so happy and and so just so you'll know those out there who have a show or potentially look to be to have a show you can always call me at eight I'm sorry no you can call me directly at four eight zero five five three five seven five five again you're a former player out there and you're interested in having a show because you need to get some reps in because you want to go to that next level? You want to be like Randy Gaywood? You want to be on ESPN? Yeah, and, and, and then, boy, there's just so many of guys out there. I, don't wanna, I just want to give the time to Randy because I saw him this weekend. I want to give him his props now. But there are other people who have been here on this platform and just have gone on to bigger and better things. Um, but I, I want you to know they get a lot of repetitions in right here at Voice America Sports. And, and you've been privileged to, to hear their, their perspectives. But let me go back and, and stay with Dan Marino because I, I got a chance to play against Dan Marino. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, if I had a chance. And I played against, come on, Hall of Famers, man. Whew. Joe Montana. Oh gosh, I, I'm just gonna pick. I'm just gonna pick Joe, and I could just stop right there. Talk. We were talking about dynasties earlier. LeBron and and of course uh, Tim Duncan. Okay, I'm gonna stop there. Joe Montana. I don't have to go any further. But I just want you to know, Dan Marino, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I appreciate what he's doing now. Dan doesn't need the money. Dan doesn't need the fame. Dan is a name that's brought to it, but there's other Hall of Famers that are also out here who are trying to make things better, life better, things improved for athletes in terms of making sure that they're kept out of harm's way. Here's a man like Tony Dorsett, like others. Those are These are two that I know personally that were injured and put back into the action. Hall of Famers. Greatest of all time, part of that fraternity. They have a bust in my hometown of Canton, Ohio. They have a bust. And when you have one of those, it's affirmation. You're one of the best of all times. They were concussed and thrown back into action. The greatest of all times. And you always can judge what a person will do when you take in consideration how they treated the best. And so I'm hoping that the concussion stuff is taken care of, but I, I sure hope this, this is the thing that I wanted to drive home the most. I hope Dan's okay. Because sometimes these things have lingering effects and they'll come around kind of, I think degenerative is the proper term. Uh, and over a period of time, it gets worse. So I just hope and pray that Dan's feeling good. 
And, and I hope he's back on TV soon. I, I like the commentary that he provided uh, when he was on television because the man knows the game. And uh, again, one, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and one of my top favorites. Flip a coin, I got Dan Marino, I'm good. Who wants to play me? I got Dan, I'm good. I'll tell you what, what else is good. <laughs> it's good that uh, I had the show today because my time is up. Uh, I had a great time, of course, talking a little bit about Donald Sterling, LeBron James, Tim Duncan. Shout out to my man again, uh, Randy Gatewood. And uh, the NBA playoffs are starting. Make sure you watch it on Thursday night. And I'm telling you who I got. It's getting hot in here. <laughs> We're going to heat it up. I got LeBron James from the heart of it all. That's right, Akron, Ohio. So uh, I'll be out there supporting uh, LeBron in the heat, and hopefully they'll win. But uh, that's my time. So I thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. <laughs> Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.